Hello, International BTS Army. Welcome to Begin the Search, this podcast that is normally pledged to be about BTS, our favorite South Korean boy band K-pop group, and I love them dearly. They have been my saving uh, vessel, my, my saving grace, whatever you want to call it, besides my faith, which can be weak at times. They have really been the the physical, um, tangible sort of symbol of what or who has saved me from really deep depression last year in 2019, where I was beginning to realize or I was beginning to believe that the doubts, the self-doubt and the feelings of failure inside myself so much with, I, I just felt like anyone who ever told me that I wasn't good at something or anyone who ever told me that I would never be smart or never be attractive or never be talented or never amount to anything or never have anything to offer, I was really beginning to believe those things. I was believing that that was true and I was in deep grief. I lost a family member. I lost my own mom and it was just a really rough time. So that's why I, once I found BTS and started to come out of that pit, that deep ache and grief and just sorrow where I couldn't really be present and I couldn't live, I could just survive but I couldn't live, Um, BTS, when I found them and latched onto them, I took that lifeline and I pulled myself, or they pulled me, out of that pit of doom and depression and wanting to not exist anymore. And even though I'm afraid of death, even though I'm afraid of dying, which I wish I wasn't, I wish I could feel peace about that kind of stuff, but I am not there yet and I don't know when or if I will ever get to that point. Um, even though, anyway, I I have those fears, but I was wishing there was some way that I could cease to exist. I was wishing there was a way for me to just not even be a real living, tangible thing anymore, not even with a soul, not even with a spirit. Even if my body died, my spirit would still be alive. That's how I believe. I believe that your soul doesn't end that your soul or your spirit does not end. I believe that that lives on. That's why when people say, um, you know, my grandmother passed away or my grandfather passed away or so-and-so passed away, and then other people will comment or give encouragement or comforting words or sympathy cards, and they'll say, I know that he's always with you, I know that he's in your heart, or I know he's watching over you, or I know she's watching over you. People will say that because... A lot of people believe the same thing that I do, is that when your body is dead, you still have the thing that made you alive inside of you, which was your spirit. It wasn't just your heart. I mean, your heart has to be beating for your body to be living. But besides that, you need a spirit. And when the spirit um, is still living, according to how I believe, even if your body's gone, that doesn't stop your pain. I don't think that it stops your pain. I don't think that it stops your grief or your memories. I believe that you still have all those memories and the pain. 
and there might be some philosophies or religions that believe that once you die, all of your pains are removed, but I don't feel that. I feel like maybe, maybe they are, but I feel like I would be stuck with the feelings of failure and the feelings of self-hate and the feelings of never having amounted to anything and never being able to have anything to offer anyone. So I was trying to figure out what do I do with this because I don't want to end my life. I don't want to hurt myself. I don't want to have a suicide in my family where that's how my kids remember me or that's how my siblings and my parent that's still alive, which is my dad, remembering me. And I didn't have a ton of close friends that really, I mean, I had friends in my life, but lately it seems like I don't really have friends that are checking on me to make sure that I'm still here, to make sure that I'm okay. Even those who know that I've struggled with depression and anxiety and PTSD and went through a really painful divorce and really painful, scary divorce aftermath at times. It's just a really big emotional, it's kind of like an endless race where you're just rushing and rushing, trying to end it, trying to get to that finish line and there just isn't one. So I've had people in my life who claim to be my friends who said that they were aware of the things that I was going through, but then they don't check on me and they don't check to make sure that I'm still alive and that I'm doing okay, even if I'm not doing great, but that at least I'm doing okay. So once I found BTS, I was like, I was just thinking, well, at least I have BTS. They don't know me personally, but through their music and through their content, I can feel like I've got friends. I can feel like I have someone there for me. And I know you guys feel the same way. And I know that some of you listening have felt like you don't have anyone else. There might be some of you listening right now who does feel like you don't have anyone else except BTS. And so it can be quite a big blow when all this stuff comes up in the media and in the news and all over the internet and all over in reality in our cities in our towns, in our, in our country, in the United States. And it's, I mean, people in other countries are aware of it too. Although the riots and protests didn't happen in those countries, there are still people with the beautiful brown skin tones in other countries. So it's not just an American problem. It's not just a United States issue, but... I do feel like we are highlighting here the mistreatment of police officers to those with brown complexion of the African descent or of the, you know, of the, quote, black community or whatever. I, I told you in my last little talk, I came on over the weekend and I said I've never really called anyone black, but for the sake of the hashtag Black, black Lives Matter and for the whole cause... And for everything that's going on, I'll just start saying black, at least in this podcast and probably in my tweets. As long as I'm talking about it, I'll probably start saying black because so many people are. I guess that's just the normal. Um, <clears throat> I wish that we weren't calling anyone black versus white. I wish we weren't, because my skin's not white. My skin is a peach, peachish white, pinkish, yellow... <laughs> 
<laughs> with freckles. I have freckles on my fingers. I have freckles on my shoulders. Um, I have freckles on my knees. And I don't tan very well. So you could say my skin is white, but it's not really white, you know. Anyway, I wish we wouldn't go by colors. I wish... I wish we weren't doing that. I wish there was another way to say it. And yes, there is a way to say it, but people don't want to go all out and say African or African-American or, um, I don't know, what are Kenyan or all the, they don't want to go all out and say that. They just want to summarize everything by saying black or white, or they'll say Asian or they'll say Hispanic. And I, I mean, I guess we kind of have to find a way to talk about and refer to people from different groups, but I wish we could do it in a way of everyone is equal. Obviously, I wish that. I So many people wish that. And, and so when this stuff happens and people are feeling like BTS was their only friend or, you know, the only person or the only group of people or the only entity or the only artists that they could trust because they've never done them wrong. Like, let's say I'm one of these people and I'm feeling like I've loved BTS and they can never steer me wrong and I trust them completely. And then someone starts to blow up all over the place. Well, BTS should use their popularity and use their platform and use their voice and use their um, public online presence and worldwide presence and influence to make a statement talking about Black Lives Matter and to show sympathy or empathy for the Black Lives Matter movement and for everyone who's in terrible pain and grief over what's been happening and everyone who's super scared. If you have a little bit of African or Black in your bloodline and, you, and you're super scared for yourself or your loved ones or your friends or your acquaintances or your boss or anyone <clears throat> if you're not white you're scared for them um, or minorities in general but especially highlighting the fact that we had a black man mistreated and killed from police officers um, misbehavior and verily really rotten horrible disgusting choices of how to brutally treat that man. Um, I, I imagine that so many people are just having endless nightmares and while they're asleep and while they're awake. So for people's favorites like BTS, if they're your favorite, to be very silent on the issue could be very mm, upsetting for some people and could be very disappointing for some people and could very be very shocking and um, devastating for some people. So I'm going to give my viewpoint of it and I'm not trying to gain popularity through my viewpoint. I just made this podcast so that I could share my feelings, share my experiences, talk about BTS and also liken how they've helped me in my life to different areas of my life and through that, through the things I'm sharing, you guys are going to get side stories or snippets or experiences of what I've been through, how I feel, what I think, how I've been treated. Um, you're going to hear the kind of person that I am through listening to my episodes and so if 
if um, BTS is remaining silent on the issue, it's just got so many people in an uproar over it. And I'm going to give a little shout out to a channel on YouTube that doesn't even know I exist. But that's I don't care whether they know I exist or not. I like to comment on their videos and I like to listen to their videos and watch their content because it's interesting to me, it's entertaining, and it's about Korea and South Koreans, and I like to learn that stuff. I like to learn Korean. I'm practicing Korean every single day on Duolingo. I'm writing down in a notebook the words that I'm learning and the letters I'm learning. So I'm watching this channel and a few other channels, but I'm going to shout these guys out because they're pretty constant on bringing us news through K-drama and K-pop news and then controversies and stuff that is going on over there. And they also spoke about the fact that Big Hit and BTS have not released a statement or made a public contribution to the Black Lives Matter cause. And that channel that I'm talking about is DKDKTV, David Kim and Danny Kim. Um, I've been listening to them since last summer. And what they said was, if BTS and Big Hit commented or released a statement or made a public, uh, made a donation and publicly talked about it and, you know, basically if they did any of the stuff that people are begging and pleading for them to do and giving them hate for not doing, the people who are giving them hate uh, and, and pleading and begging might be satisfied they might be, you know, calmed, and they might stop putting a link on every single one of the Big Hit tweets, and, I mean, because Big Hit is trying to celebrate Festa right now, BTS is trying to celebrate Festa, and every time they put something on about Festa, hundreds of armies are putting a link on to a petition to sign or donation links to Black Lives Matter, and... I'm not going to say that people are wrong for doing that, but as you hear me talking, it might come out that it sounds like I'm telling you you're wrong for doing that. Every other organization in the world who's aware of BTS and their following and their influence, every other organization and cause is then going to also contact Big Hit and BTS and clamor and just scream from all areas of the internet from all avenues that they possibly can for them to then comment and make a public statement and uh, donate to their causes too. And so they can't just do this to help out the Black Lives Matter movement, especially in the U.S. since we've had the riots and the violence. They can't just do this, and they might want to, and they might make a private donation. We don't know. And it's not, frankly, it's not our business to know if they've made a donation or not. And yes, it would make some of us very happy. For me, I am remaining neutral on that part because it is up to me what I spend my own money on and what I spend my own time on. And it is up to other people what they spend their own money and resources and time on. And so I'm not going to say BTS is horrible for not making a statement and that Big Hit is horrible for not making a public donation. BTS has tons of fans in the U.S. That's why they schedule themselves to come here for tours. That's why they schedule so many tour stops here and so many nights in one area. Like three nights in the Rose Bowl area or whatever. 
in California because there are so many people who want to see them, so many people who love them. And so making a donation would show their love and concern and encouragement and support of the Black Lives Matter movement. However, they can't make these public decisions and let us all know about it because if they do, it's going to be all over the place and every organization is going to be hammering their door down, so to speak, contacting them all the time to make a donation to this and become aware of that and please speak on this and give a speech about that and please come on Live or YouTube Live and tell us that you love us and tell us that you're concerned for us and what do you think for your black armies and um, BTS, we've been supporting you since the beginning. Um, will you help us? Will you unite with us? Will you speak out for us? Will you be a voice and use your influence and your platform to help spread awareness and get us even more help, you know? And um, they can't do that, you guys. They can. They are able to do that. But will they do that? I don't think so. And I'm not going to fault them for it if they don't. Because they are artists. They are music artists. And they have goals. And they have a certain reach. And they have capabilities. And if they spend their time doing nothing but humanitarian work, they're never going to continue being the artist that they are. They're not going to be able to make music or practice their dancing or plan for tours because they will be so busy making those public statements and telling all these organizations and groups and causes that they're aware of the needs and the, the trouble and turmoil and they will be so busy doing that that they don't have time to be BTS anymore. Does that make sense? They're just, they're not going to have time you guys. They, they would love to make everyone happy but they're not Superman. They are not Jesus Christ. They are not a prophet. They are not a world leader. You know what I'm saying? They are not um, a magic person. They are not a magic people. They are not um, the president of the world. They cannot physically and emotionally and mentally invest in every single cause. And there are so many causes out there. Just because this Black Lives Matters Black Lives Matter, excuse me, and All Lives Matter situation has come up over the past week um, doesn't mean that there are other causes that aren't important. It doesn't mean that this is the only cause in the world, obviously. There's so many causes. There are kids starving and kids being beaten and uh, women being raped and beaten and killed and um, parents abandoning their children and drug problems and trafficking and all kinds of things but does the fandom clamor all over bts's uh twitter and all over every platform and weavers and you know do, do we knock down their doors and scream in their ears donate to us donate to us donate to us for this and that and this and that talk about this talk about that we don't do that but a lot of armies and a lot of people who are calling themselves army are doing that and if that was me in a group with six other people and a company that loves me and is taking care of me and is you know paying me and providing for me and all this different stuff and someone's coming at me like that to make a very public donation and a very public statement 
I would feel so overwhelmed and so threatened, I would not know what to do. So if their choice is we do nothing or we give them what they want, which one are they going to choose? It is too hard because it's like they might feel like we can't do nothing and we can't say something and we can't make a donation and there's no middle road. You know what I mean? What are they supposed to do? And I'm getting a little bit choked up thinking about how how tough that's got to be for the boys. How tough that's got to be. Because they know that their fans are hurting and scared and so overwhelmed themselves. They know you guys out there that are black or have black loved ones. I have them too. My sister married a black guy. She and I both actually joked that we were going to date a black guy and marry him. And um, she's the only one who actually did it. But as a result, she has five extremely gorgeous, talented, and smart and funny kids from ages, uh, let's see, he's going to be 16 tomorrow. Yeah. From ages 16 down to six, I believe. She's got five kids. They're all gorgeous. Her husband is a wonderful man. He's a doctor. He has been working so much extra time to try to help people with COVID and try to avoid COVID and trying to take care of people and helping my sister take care of their family and schooling their kids at home. And one single person can't do it all. But if it weren't for the pandemic, you know, they'd still be going out, going to dance classes, going to their sports. My nephew would be going to his job. Um, he's getting ready to start dating and he's really excited about it. But now I know my youngest niece in that family, she saw or heard about George Floyd's death or murder video. And that's not something you want to show a six-year-old kid. Um, but she talked about it like it was a matter of fact, kind of like she was numb to it because she just doesn't understand the magnitude of it. And I have no idea where she saw it. I have no idea if she was just playing on her tablet and a YouTube video came on or if she was just looking on while her brother was on Twitter or, you know what I mean? Or if they turned on the news and saw it. I have no idea. I myself have not watched the, that video and I don't plan to. I might change my mind, I don't know, but I don't want to watch a man die. I don't want to watch someone kneeling on another person's neck. I don't want to see it, but I don't want to be ignoring it either. I just can't imagine that feeling that you guys have of feeling like you're never going to be safe. Feeling like you're never going to be fully accepted. And I can understand this is not just a skin tone issue. This is not just a color or race issue. Because we have our brothers and sisters and people out there who are scared to come forward that they have same-sex attraction or whatever. And feeling that they'll never be accepted. So they're scared. Living your life scared is not a fun thing to live. I know. Because I do live my life scared. But I'm not living my life scared in a minority group. I'm living my life scared because I have severe anxiety and panic attacks in my sleep. I didn't even tell you guys about that part. 
I woke up two nights ago praying, praying, please don't let me die. I heard my voice and that's what woke me up. That's the kind of fear I have is, <coughs> uh, that's one of them. I have like three or four fears. I have a lot of fears actually, so many. But the fact that I've been feeling like I'm going to die in my sleep, not feeling like I'm going to, but I wake up worried that I did die in my sleep. It is really scary. I don't know if there's a name for this. I don't know if there's a disorder. I told my doctor about it and <clears throat> I've spoken with a therapist about it. Don't be ashamed to go to therapy, you guys. It's not always what you see depicted on TV or in movies. It's not just this stuffy old uh, stone-faced or bored person that you go and you lie down on this weird reclining couch bed situation with your arms over your, your chest or like your fingers crisscrossed and staring at the ceiling talking about everything you ever went through since you were a little kid and the first time that you played baseball and broke someone's window by you know hitting the ball through like it's not like that Movies and TV have given therapy a very bad reputation. Therapy is not like that. And if you find one, if you are like open-minded to going to therapy and you find one and you want to give it a try and it ends up being like that, please don't ever go back and even write that review. If you want to write an anonymous review and say, I went to this therapist or this clinic, this was my experience. It wasn't inviting. It wasn't comfortable. I felt this. I felt that. Like, be honest if a therapist is not doing a good job. But, I mean, definitely don't tear down a person's reputation or clinic just because you didn't like them. But if they're honestly making you feel uncomfortable or uncared about or un not uh, invalidated, what's the word? I know because I've been to some good therapists and some that weren't good. And I've been to one that I could give a negative review to. And um, I felt shamed when I went in there and talked to that person. I felt shamed. And I would never go back to that person and I would never recommend him or his clinic either to anyone else. And I actually tried a female therapist at the same clinic and I felt a negative review type experience from her as well. So if you're you know what I mean? I don't even know what I'm saying. I don't even know how I got on this topic of therapy. How did I get here? Please, someone <laughs> help me remember how I got here. I just don't even know. But um, yes, that's what it was. I was telling you that I, I panic that I've died in my sleep and it is one of the scariest things. But there are people out there experiencing much more scary things while you're awake. I cannot imagine living through that. I cannot imagine getting shot at or arrested for no reason. I cannot imagine having someone look at you and saying, you're suspicious and you meet the description. And the only description there was of some robbery or some suspected drug uh, possession is that the person was black. I cannot imagine being lumped into a whole category of, I mean, I, can't imma I cannot imagine all that whole your whole beautiful community, the black community, beautiful, beautiful people being under suspicion just because one person did this thing or is suspected of doing this thing. I cannot imagine all of the police force being 
under suspicion and under hate just because a few police officers decided to be that bad. So, I mean, and there are a lot of good police officers. A lot of people do go into that career because they want to protect the people. Not everyone does it for money. Not everyone does it because they want to wear a badge and have a siren and a light that they can flash on their car and drive faster than everyone else and carry handcuffs and carry weapons. Not everyone who goes into the police force wants to be bad. Many, so many of them are good, men and women, younger and older. They're such good people and they do genuinely care about people and they don't have any discrimination against people's skin tone or where you came from or whether you've had an education or not. But we're making this issue that um, all police are bad and, uh, you know, and other people are saying all black people are bad and it's not right. I have no idea if there's anything I can do. If there's anything good I can do with this podcast, I I know that my podcast is about BTS and hopefully I've given you a little something about BTS with this, but I just couldn't rest. I had to come talk about it. I had to tell you I'm aware of it and there's not a whole lot I know how to do to help. I've signed some petitions. I've read people's um, stories. I've seen their names. I've prayed for their families. I have not gone out and held up a sign I've not put on a special outfit and lay down in the street. I've not chanted anything. But if there was a situation where I felt safe, I might go and join. I mean, the summertime is not my favorite time of year. My boys will be away from me for four weeks this summer. Just like every summer. Um, That's when I found BTS was when my boys were away. I found BTS on the first night of my boys being gone for four weeks in a row staying with their dad, and as soon as I found BTS, my life changed. That night, it was June 24th, 2019, I came home from dropping my boys off. I gave a sigh. I said a prayer. I said, God, I cannot keep them safe, but I know you can if you want to. I know you can if that's your plan and purpose for my boys. So please, I put them in your care. I put them in your... I trust them to your care. I pray I'll get them home safe and sound at the end of these four weeks. And then I just Googled BTS, found their Twitter, watched a Jungkook swimming video, watched the second video, and watched the, 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 the Fire MV. And then I just... I listened to mono and I just stayed up until six in the morning watching and listening and watching and listening and investing my heart into BTS into every single one of them and I still did not know their names that night by the time I was done because I still I still felt that you know maybe I did maybe I could tell them apart by the end I think I don't know why because I'm not the only one who has done this but I don't know why I couldn't always tell Yoongi and Jin and Jungkook apart. I don't know why. I felt like the others had more distinct expression and face facial features, but I don't know why. I couldn't tell these wonderful guys apart all the time. 
I think it's because I dived into watching a lot of fan-made videos at first because I just didn't know about Bangtan TV. I didn't know their actual channel. I didn't know about Weverse. It took me about probably a month or so before I heard about Weverse. I didn't even know what Bangtan bombs were until around August. So I'm talking end of June here that I was diving in, going down that rabbit hole, just pursuing and finding out what I can find out about BTS. All I knew was that I loved them. All I knew was that they gave me some comfort. They gave me some peace. They gave me some hope. And then I wasn't sitting there thinking, my boys might not be safe right now. My boys might be going somewhere just for fun, just to go with their dad and be somewhere. And then they might get in an accident and I might never see them again. I wasn't thinking that for the first time in years. And I spent the next four weeks in wonderful calmness of every single day just believing that my boys were going to be okay. And if they weren't going to be okay, somehow believing that I was going to be okay. That's why for everyone who's mad at BTS and disappointed that they haven't spoken out or that they haven't said they made a public donation or anything like that. That's why I'm not quitting on them. I'm not giving up on them. Because I had a whole four weeks of anxiety-free living with no drugs, with no therapy, with no special treatments of any kind. I got to live for four weeks being happy and feeling alive for the first time in years. And feeling alive after deeply grieving the loss of my mom. For three months I was crying for her every day. Just wishing I could pick up the phone and ask her opinion and get her advice and say something funny to make her laugh because I miss that. BTS gave me that, you guys. So, guess what? All of the negativity that's surrounding Yoongi now about the August D track that was revised and re-released, that did not make me falter. You cannot change my mind. And guess what? Right now, we're going to look up the definition of the word ignorant. Because what everyone else is saying, he ignored an obvious bad man and used a bad man's speech in his music to disperse or, what's the word, to, to distribute among all the fandom and to, you know, be in the spotlight and, and share his mixtape with everyone. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. Hold on. There was a bad man named Jim Jones or something like that, and he was a cult leader. I'm not even sure where he's from. And it was in the past. I'm Anyway, he's involved in something like 900 murders. He, he caused something like 900 murders and then killed himself. At least 300 of the people that he murdered were black. And, well, he made a speech at some point or some kind of a talk. I don't know if he was preaching in a cult situation because when you're in a cult, usually you look at, at the leader like they're your sort of like your religious or your spiritual leader and it's like a brainwashing situation and a 
a blind following of people that will do whatever for that person. Suga from BTS used a sample of that speech at the beginning of one of his tracks on August D2 on the mixtape. And it's in the track called What Do You Think? They're saying you don't use a piece of a speech in your song without knowing what the context of the speech was and he should have known and even if he didn't know and they released a statement that he didn't know and he's very sorry why didn't the company check it and check the lyrics and check the sources of the lyrics and check the sources of the sampling before approving it to be released so that's what's going on he's getting tons of hate for it he's getting tons of flack for it he is getting tons of negative um tweets and negative posts and just all kinds of stuff people saying bts is canceled suga is canceled um how can you support them they're terrible they must like this man and someone said that the man was a fan of north korea and wanted to dominate and wanted to destroy people and it's gotten so ugly and so nasty people are giving him all of this um I'm sure you guys know what word it is I'm trying to think. Anyway, uh, cutting him down, talking badly about him for saying he must be racist, he used that sampling in his speech, he must like uh, this kind of propaganda, he must like the teachings of Jim Jones and other stuff like that. Oh, it's, it's just loud, it's noisy. It's emotionally noisy. It's mentally noisy. It is exhausting, but we can't ignore it. We cannot ignore it. So going back to this situation where now Yunki is getting all this hate and all this um, like cancel culture and people saying he should have known better and why did he do that? And um, basically, let's look up a word together because there's a difference between ignoring Ignoring means that you are aware of it, you've heard it, you know it's there, but you're choosing to turn away from it, you're choosing not to participate in it, you're choosing to, you know, turn your back and not be involved. But the word I want to look up, the actual definition, is the word ignorant. Definitions from Oxford languages. It says... It's an adjective and it says lacking knowledge or awareness in general. Semicolon, uneducated or sorry, uneducated or unsophisticated. And then to give an example of it, it says here in quotes, the man was told constantly that he was ignorant and stupid. Um, and then it says here lacking knowledge, lacking information or lacking awareness about a particular thing. The example given is, they were ignorant of astronomy. Then, the informal definition is discourteous or rude. And the symbol, no, the example here is, this ignorant, pin-brained receptionist. That's kind of funny. This last one that's saying discourteous or rude, the similar words to that are impolite and ill-mannered. Guys, is Min Yoongi impolite and ill-mannered? No. Is he discourteous? No. Is he rude? No. Is he stupid? No. Is he uneducated? No. But in this Jin Jones situation, 
was he, not is he, but was he lacking knowledge or awareness about a particular thing? Yes, he was. He did not know what that speech or that man was from. I saw that 10 or 12 different artists have used samples of that same speech in their music. I don't know the context that they used it. I don't know... You know what I mean? So once it brings... Once this issue or awareness is suddenly going from unknown to known, what is he going to feel like? He's going to feel terrible when he realizes, and it already happened, I'm talking about it like in the moment, you know what I mean? Like, if this just barely happened to me and I just barely found out that I released a song with a sampling of a hateful, poisonous man who murdered hundreds of people and preached racism to his followers, and I found out that I put a sample of his speech into my song and released it with pride and happiness and love to my fans and my friends and wanting my my brothers and my best friends and my parents and everyone to enjoy it and feel happy for me and feel proud of me that I'm doing my work and I'm following my dream and releasing music for free that the fans are going to love and that it's trending all over the place and that it's making the fans happy and he comes on in his wonderful interview and he is smiling and imagine how he would feel once that ignorance turns into knowledge, turns into education. He's not a rude, ill-mannered, and polite guy for being ignorant about Jim Jones. For being ignorant about Jim Jones's speech. I'm ignorant. There's so many things I'm not educated about. There's so many things I'm not knowledgeable about. So call me ignorant anytime, please. Go ahead, call me ignorant. I know I'm ignorant, but I know I'm not stupid. I know I'm not impolite. I know I'm not rude and ill-mannered. I do my best anyway not to come across to be rude or ill-mannered or have any intent whatsoever of offending somebody. We cannot always make everyone happy. But you guys, Suga from BTS is not a person who hates his fans, who unappreciates his fans, who hates black people, who hates African descent. He's not like that. He's not like that. He has met beautiful black armies in the fan fan meets when they used to do fan meets he met them he gave them a sweet smile he might have given them five or shaken their hand or accepted a card or a gift from them or you know put a flower crown on that they gave him or smiled for a picture with them he's not a hateful guy so this is the stance that I'm giving and it's my podcast so it's kind of like it's my party I can say what I want It's my house. I can do what I want. So if you're here listening to my podcast and I can say what I want, this is what I want. I want to tell you that Min Yoongi is not a racist, that he is not a cruel, poison, toxic, hateful human being, 
that hates black people. He is not a person who on purpose went searching for a file to add to his mixtape to upset people and to bring a bunch of garbage talk all over the fandom and to make himself feel horrible. He did not do that knowingly. That's why I even bothered to look up the word ignorant. And every single one of us is ignorant in something. We are not all knowledgeable. We are not all knowing and all seeing. We don't know everything. We don't have access to knowing everything. The difference between ignoring and ignorant is huge. Ignoring would be Suga using that sampling and not caring that it would hurt someone. Not caring that it would offend people and tear people apart and make people hate them, hate BTS and hate others. And that would be ignoring. That would be ill-mannered. That would be impolite. That would be rude. That would be an educated choice to go ahead and use material in his music that targets a group of people and makes them feel like they deserve to die just because of their skin tone. No, he did not ignore something that he clearly understood. He just didn't understand. What we don't know is why the people at BT, at, excuse me, at Big Hit, why the staff members, the, the people in the company, were not able to catch the source of that speech before it was released. But if you guys watched his V Live where he talked the side stories and anecdotes behind the album, uh, behind the mixtape a few days ago, he told us all this stuff. I mean, it was almost two whole hours of him telling us the process of making the album, making the mixtape. He told us when he wrote things, when he wrote the tracks, when he wrote the guide, whether he used the guide or not, um, who he wanted to include, who he ended up actually including, and uh, the dates for when he finished tracks. And some of the things that he finished were not even done until five or six days before the mixtape was released. That is some serious rushing. That is some serious, uh, what, what do you call it? Is it called grunt work? What's it called? That's serious elbow grease. That is serious working hard to get a project finished. We all know what getting a project finished with a deadline is like. But we all know what it's like to have a deadline. We all know what it's like to have the idea in our heads of when something needs to be completed. And if you're trying to please an entire huge millions upon millions fandom and trying to stick with a schedule for your company and for your six other members that are sticking with a schedule um, just because their tour got postponed does not mean that they're not busy doesn't mean they're not working I know I said this before I kind of laughed when I listened to it because I said something about they're not just depressed lying around in bed eating chips and ice cream (laughs) they're really busy They're doing all kinds of stuff. There's stuff that we don't want to mention because it makes us, like it just gives us like nervousness. But I'm just going to say it. At some point, they're going to have to enlist in the military to serve their country. And they all know that. And I'm sure they're sick of people talking about it. And, but what do you think they're going to do? Are they just going to not have content released when they're serving? No. I I speak this part about the military service with sensitivity, with caution. I don't want to give any speculations myself. But what I can say is, 
big hit members, sorry, big hit, the company and the uh, Bong PD and everybody, they're not stupid either. They're not going to let BTS explode with popularity and be well-known and well-loved in all these different countries just to let them... I'm sure the company is planning on releasing things to keep the fans happy and to keep us busy while BTS members are serving. So they're not just sitting around being lazy bums, you know? Um, they're very... They're very product productive. Ah, they're very productive. They're very, um, they're active young men. They're doing the most, you know, in a good way. They're doing the most, and but if they don't do what we want them to do when it comes to a cause, then suddenly a bunch of us are mad at them and canceling them and hating them and saying I don't know why I stand them in the first place. If this is what they were going to be like, and they're showing their you know, their, their true feelings about, um, you know, we, we gave them our loyalty, but they're not giving it to us. I don't feel that way. I completely understand if they, out of uh, caution, cannot make any statement. And if they want to donate behind the scenes, like I said, I think that's great. I think it's fine. Um, I'm not sure all the different places they would donate to. I know there are a lot of different places you can donate specifically to families who have lost loved ones in police brutality cases and in uh, wrongful convictions and wrongful drug raids, um, you know, murders, attacks. Um, I don't know what else is out there. I have time to be aware of some of it, but I don't have time to read about it and watch videos about it for hours upon hours in my day. I'm a single parent. I'm raising two teenage boys and I'm trying really hard to get healthy, trying really hard to get fit and getting fit, meaning to burn fat and build muscle. That's what I'm doing. And it's hard and it's slow going. And a lot of times I want to give up, but I can't just let my life stop because there are other causes there are, no, I shouldn't say other. I can't just let my life stop because there are causes that need to be addressed and causes that need to be supported and acted uh, for and, and responded to. And BTS can't do that either. They're not this Mother Teresa or Queen Elizabeth or Gandhi person or they're not like these humanitarian public figures who can go and speak about everything and drop what they're doing just to speak and say, I'm aware of your pain and I'm aware of your hurt and all this different stuff and then attach a monetary donation to it. Because like I said, the danger comes in then that every organization is going to come asking for money too. And it's just something that I really hope that all of us can calm down about, take some breaths, just try really hard to put things into perspective. If you were someone who had an influential voice, if you were someone who was well-known and well-loved all around the world, and people were demanding that you use your funds and your resources to donate to a purpose or cause, 
and demanding that you release statements validating the people. Um, why didn't people order them or like demand them to put money towards the fires in Australia? And why didn't they demand that they spoke out about that? And this is not the first time that we've had a black person get brutally murdered by a police person. But this is the first time, as far as I know, that it's blown up all over the place to the point where there were protests in places I didn't even think we would have protests in. Like, we had one downtown where I live and I was very surprised about that. And it was trending about four or five different places on Twitter because of the silliness of it. The man who brought a hunting bow to the protest and armed it with an arrow and got ready to shoot it into the crowd. I don't know if he was aiming it at someone who was trying to uh, break the windows of the courthouse or break the windows of the state library. Um, I have no idea who he was aiming it at. But did that man deserve to have his car burned? I have no idea. I, but he trended in five or six different places on Twitter. Um, you know, like, what do you call it? Like the list, the top 25 or top 20, whatever it is that he was trending as Legolas. He was trending as Katniss Everdeen. He was trending as Rambo. Um, it was trending as Salt Lake City riots and protests and all that stuff and um that got a lot of attention but things that were more important got missed such as someone who was brutally murdered in salt lake and but this is not the first time that we've needed our humans our people to be aware that black lives and all lives matter do you see do you see other cultures doing this do you see other culture, other countries doing this about black lives even? I mean, we have, we have black people all over the place, right? In China, Spain, France, England, Korea, they're all over the place. There's one that had a major role in Itaewon class. And Itaewon class. And, I mean, I love you guys. I love black people. It's just hard for me to say because I don't normally talk about people as if they're black or white. I don't I don't normally have a reason to talk color like that. I watch a lot of skincare videos and make, uh, I used to anyway before I found BTS, I would watch a lot of makeup videos, makeup tutorials, beauty reviews, um, haul videos. Like I went to Sephora and got these products and I went here and I did this and I'm unboxing this wonderful face regime or whatever this face this face care skin care I used to watch that kind of stuff that was my hobby before I found BTS before I lost my mom and I was very much into makeup and I was very much into beauty and surprisingly most of the people that I subscribed to on YouTube were beautiful brown skinned women talking about makeup and skin care my skin is nothing like their skin I can't take the products that they're using and put them on my face, ever. But something about them radiated the beauty and the kindness and the warmth and the charm and the realness and, you know, a little bit of sass and educated uh, the way they spoke and 
I, I gravitate to people like that. Um, I don't cozy up to my brother-in-law because I'm not trying to get close to my sister's husband. You know what I mean? Like, um, I mean, I can hug him, but, and I can ask him how his day's going and we can have conversations and I can tell him I'm there for him and I'm there for his kids and there for my sister, his wife. And I can say, I don't understand how you guys feel, but I'm here and I'm trying and if you need me to be scared with you, I'll be scared with you. And if you need me to be brave with you, I'll be brave with you. And if you need me to cry with you, I'll cry with you. And if you need me to say, I don't know what's going to happen in the future with you, I'll do that too. I, I hold no anger or hate towards any group of people. The kind of people that I honestly hate are people who lie and cheat. Are people who are bad to children. People who neglect their families. People who make their ex-spouses feel like their children won't be safe in their care. That's the kind of people that I hate. That I don't like. But did I say anything about their skin color? or theirs? No. Did I say anything about where they're from? No. It's what they do that I hate. It's how they act that I hate. It has nothing to do with how they look. So I really wish that more and more and more people would feel the same way. I can't change a bunch of people, but maybe I can help. Maybe I can inspire somebody to look at the situation a little bit differently, be more forgiving of Suga, be more forgiving of BTS, and love them anyway, and love them still, and realize everyone makes mistakes. And a 27-year-old, super gorgeous, handsome, young, talented Korean producer, singer, rapper, dancer, Min Yoongi, is not a horrible, toxic criminal and a terrible role model just because he didn't understand the content, the context behind the speech that he used. He's still my bias. I'm still behind him. I'm still, I'm still supporting him. That hasn't changed. Nothing has changed. Um, I'm grateful for these hard times only in that they're teaching us something and helping us grow stronger. Other than that, I'm not grateful that we're going through this. It's not fun. It's not giving anyone anything worth saying, wow, remember 2020? That was a great year. We, we don't have that right now. I mean, but let's try to have that. Let's try to say 2020 gave us Map of the Soul 7. 2020 gave us um, maybe maybe a great new president. I don't know. Um, 2020 gave us the chance to connect with cousins that we hadn't seen in a while. And that's so true for me. I connected with two cousins and reconnected with a third cousin who kind of had a, what do you call it, like a falling out a little bit, like a mis misunderstanding with one of my favorite cousins that I love, like a sister. And it hurt me, and it hurt her that we weren't at odds. We were at odds for about maybe two or three weeks. And then we made up. We were like, this isn't worth it. We can still talk. We can still help each other. We can still... You're a single mom. I'm a single mom. We're raising kids. We can still love each other. We can still be so happy and proud that we're cousins. It doesn't matter that we had an, a disagreement about that thing. And then 
I got to reconnect just last week with another one of my cousins, and I found out that he says he shouldn't have even been alive right now. He's been through such hard times. And guess what? He's, quote, white. He's, quote, white-skinned. Hello, airplane above me. Hello. <laughs> um, and he said that he should have died. He was shot at. And he lived on the streets since age 14. And I did not know that. I wouldn't have known that if it hadn't been for this pandemic and stay at home and more people taking to, you know, the internet to relieve their fears or their worries or show what they're doing and how they're managing to stay sane. Because I know a lot of people have been more anxious and more depressed and have become more suicidal or, you know, like there's just... This is not an ideal life right now to have to social distance. Humans were created to be social people. So to be told that you better have your face covered and your hands covered and you can't be sick and you can't have your body temperature above a certain this or that and you better only go in if there's only nine other people in the store besides you. Um, that's where I went hot topic on Saturday. I went to see the, B the BT21 sale. And they're like, okay, you can't come in unless there's only nine other people in the store. Um, you know, I, there are good things that are happening in 2020. It's hard to find those things. It's hard to keep them in the forefront of our minds and hearts because so many bad things have happened already. But that's, that's life, I guess. Any day that I get to see BTS. I get to see their faces, their eyes, their smiles. Any day I get to hear their music. Any day that I get to see my kids and hug them and feel their, feel the fact that they're still alive and feel my own heart beating. Any day that those things are true is a good day for me. Even though there's a lot of junk going on. There's a lot of not good things going on. I hope that I've said something that gives you guys a little bit of comfort or clarity or knowledge. I, I don't know. I can't claim to be this person that is going to make it all right or, you know, make you feel better. But I hope that, I hope that I've been able to do something. That's my goal. And I would love to get back to just talking about BTS and just talking about the great things and the good things and the festa and all the wonderful things that we're waiting for. But it's just been so nasty and ugly, and I don't want them treated the way that people are treating them. And I don't want anyone black or any other minority or any other beautiful skin color treated that way. I don't want that. So many of us don't want that. I am all used up for words right now, so... <sighs> I wish I had a great quote to share with you. I don't. But um, for some great quotes, I guess you could look at Martin Luther King Jr. And talking about how love is the only way to make a change and love is the only way to help. So I can't, can't quote it to exactness, but you will find it if you look for it. I thank you guys so much for coming here and spending this time with me. This has been Begin the Search. Please stay well. Please find a reason to smile. And please give people a chance.
before you decide that they're not good. Because everyone has the potential to do good or be good. I'll talk to you guys soon.